0: Welcome to the worst episode of the Level Playing Field podcast. The worst. Today, we're going to be discussing the new NAV album, Good Intentions. We should probably say it's not good. It's really, really bad. We also have the new Future album and a great interview with Seth Chohan. But to delay talking about NAV... (laughs) <laughs> I, was, I was I was looking on the internet this week, just got a bit curious. I was, I was listening to a bit of Bowie. Oh, yeah. You know, the classics, uh, yeah, Ziggy yeah. Stardust. And I've always wondered on, on the album cover, it says K-West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That always intrigued me. Like, obviously, it can't be a reference to Kanye. Or can it? Oh, shit. Elaborate, elaborate, elaborate. So I, I found this conspiracy. I've not, I've not heard this. <laughs> on the Ziggy Stardust album. It's a concept album, right? About this guy yeah. who comes down, the star man. Yeah. Alien rock star. So there's a theory that Kanye West is the star man. Yo. Let me give you a little little bit of... It's, this is going to blow your mind, right? Oh, shit. Go on. So the album was released in 1972. Yeah. The first song is called Five Years. Yeah. And he goes, we've got five years till the Starman comes out, essentially. That's what that song's about.
1: Surely you're not going to say what I think you're going to say. Five
0: years after that album, Kanye West was born. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? Yeah.
1: Fucking hell. That's mental, isn't it? I have nothing to say, man. (laughs) I'm, I'm literally speechless, man.
0: I don't think... I don't know, man. That's such... That's such a that's coincidence. That's not a coincidence. I think it is a coincidence, but... Nah. I don't know. <laughs> it's fucking insane. What the fuck? And then, if you think his latest album was Black Star, Kanye West is a black star. Oh. There's a song shit. called Lazarus, and apparently that's him shit. saying he's Lazarus to Kanye's Jesus. That's
1: fucking crazy. That is insane. That is insane, man. Can you think of anything else like that alludes to that? Has Kanye has Kanye said anything about that?
0: Um, I watched a video and they were like, the only time he's mentioned Bowie is when Bowie died. Like literally within five minutes, Kanye was like, rest in peace. He's one of the greats that inspired me.
1: That's not even conspiracy. That's just that's just fate. Like that's fuck. Car- there you have it, people. Kanye West is is the star man. He is Ziggy
0: Stardust. It's insane yeah well if you're listening at home let let us know if you think this is a coincidence just message us say uh it's 100 percent fact or it's a bunch of bollocks <laughs> it is definitely fact
1: oh so my track of the week this week isn't a track it's an EP, and this is the new project from the one and only Little
2: Sims. you Sims oh, yeah. is no one like me since back in the nineties,
1: a rapper from Hackney, and last year we saw the release of Grey Area, which that was classic album. It's insane, man. Just listen to it. It's- it was really refreshing to hear because she was rapping over these like organic live beats like with the yeah. band and we, we, we went to see her as well and she performed with, with with a live band and it was her energy was insane her stage presence the whole the whole image and, and everything and definitely when you go and listen
0: to her music that that translates through, through yeah. her work you, you may know her yeah. from top boy or from her gorillas collaborations. But mm-hmm. she is incredible And you should definitely check her out definitely. That Grey Area album Was one of the best to be released last year Even
1: if you're not necessarily a fan of rap um, Definitely check her out Because it doesn't sound like anything else that's out there it's, mm. she, She's got her own style And I think it's Starting to influence A lot of Up and coming musicians as well um, With yeah. whole her whole Feel, her whole sound um but yeah so this this new ep so yeah this ep is just it's very short it's like 12 minutes but yes yeah, it's just four straight bangers pretty much 100
0: i don't think i've ever heard a bad track from her she's just one of those artists mm, definitely, definitely consistent and yeah go check her out sure. staying on the uk my track of the week is by SL and it's called Bad
2: Luck. This is.
0: I mean, if you've heard anything by SL, you know he's insanely talented. Hmm. He's so y- he's younger than us. He's eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just putting out banger after banger. This one's with Kenny Beats, which we mentioned a lot. This is his first uk collab to release properly i believe and yeah it's a fucking banger man it's it, the video for it's insane as well definitely go check that out sl he's he is a drill rapper but he's
1: kind of carved his own sound within
0: the, the drill genre 100 percent. you can tell people will say that's an sl beat you know he's, he's got that sound mm. and it's it's a lot more melodic if
1: you ever hear the term tropical drill that's been coined by sl because he had a song called tropical mm. So smooth and it's it's almost charming, but it's still got that that drill edge, you know. It's it is truly his his own sound.
0: We also saw him
1: live with yes, Denzel Curry. Did. Yeah, man, that was a bit mad. It,
0: yeah, it was it, it was it was
1: not. No one was expecting it, man, because he was just there and he he bring. I can't remember who he brought out first, but he brought out AJ Tracy as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, man, and then he brought our Cell and. It was just, just, the energy was fucking sick. And I think um, it's a good example of um, the UK kind of, the UK and American hip hop cultures definitely coming together a lot more. Yeah, now.
0: and embracing each other. It's Absolutely. It's not like when Kanye had all the, you know, like Stormzy and Skepta yes. with him on stage. It feels like they're properly embracing each other. Definitely. Wait, to just the you image. could say it's about the music. They're on a level playing field.
1: Ha <laughs> ha! You could, couldn't you? <laughs> there you go. There you go.
2: Love for my love for my love for my love for my. All
1: right. So this week we also saw the release of the Diamond Mine Sessions. Now this is with Freddie Gibbs and Madlib, and accompanied by the El Michelle's Affair. they they're this really cool jazz band, and they do all sorts of hip-hop renditions and their own really weird shit and and the main guy Leo Michels he's all over modern hip-hop at the moment kind of like Mike Dean I know he did some stuff on the recent Jack Boys project um, he was on that and he's done a bunch of other stuff uh, I can't remember off the top of my head but definitely El Michelle's Affair check him out But back to the Diamond Mind, Diamond Mind sessions this is in a prom studio Madlib, Freddie Gibbs I wish I was fair in their prime and it sounds fucking incredible
0: I'd pay all my money to be there live <laughs> absolutely man the chemistry
1: between all those musicians is is insane you know you've got the the, the beautiful instrumentals on bandana and you got Freddie's Freddie's flow just tying all that together just that extra element of rhythm and it's just it is so cool but honestly Check this out, you won't regret it. If you, if, you li- if you like bandana, if you like live music, if you're a fan of jazz, if you're a fan of music in general, check this out.
0: Honestly, not to be missed. Today on the podcast, we have a very special guest. We have Seth Chohan. He's a producer, he's a DJ, he's a musician. He does everything. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. It's very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. We got a bit of an issue because obviously we have Seth and Seth. <laughs> so we're gonna be Doctor K and Seth C. Yes. Just to Sounds make good. it make it easier for everyone. Nice. Um so yeah. Uh, how have you been finding the lockdown?
2: Um, it's been an interesting experience. I'd say like I said before, very productive on some levels and on others I'd say that I think a lack of social interaction and just generally being with the people that I love and my friends, it's been kind of tough not having that there. And I think in a way that does impact on your creativity and uh, when you want to work, how you want to work. And particularly my music, I feel like if you're forcing yourself to work every day, it can become very incessant and you can lose a bit of oh, mo- yeah. motivation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no matter how much creative creativity you have or all the skills that you have, it's impossible to write. Uh, fruitfully. I think As it's very go. important and to it's keep It's hard to get inspiration fresh. when you're stuck yeah. in the house. Yeah, and... definitely. 100%. Yeah.
0: This is the first time that I'm talking to you,
2: but D- Dr. K has met you before. So we study at uh, least College of Music together. Uh, we're in the same studio group, so every week we record. We record uh, well, bands and shit, man. We record bands it's and things mad. like that. At uni, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I, w- I want to talk a bit about your music now. So how would you describe it to someone who's never heard it before? Kind of like jazz-infused house. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I got from it. It was like music you'd hear at a club. But there's all this jazz and in- yeah. instrumentation that's amazing injected into it. Oh, it's, it's mad but this man. is
1: where I think you're doing something different because I'm I'm gonna be dead honest with you. I'm not a fan of house. Like I don't like house. But I listen yeah. to your shit and I don't I, yeah. I don't see it as house. I see it as something else. Yeah. That's why I see I it like. as your yeah, own style, good. Which, which is why I quite like listening to it. It's cause it's jazzy, you know, it's got all these different influences and sounds uh-huh. and it's 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 got flavour to it, man. It's different than just
0: a normal four on the
1: floor massive kick <laughs> with no soul to it, man. It uh, it's soul. not
0: that ins is it? It's, it's exactly it's very exactly. well crafted. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I think I, I've definitely been through, particularly maybe a year ago or just beyond that, where I'd say my production wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. I was still playing piano, I mm. still had all my jazz influences, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the production hadn't quite come up to scratch. I was playing music live which would definitely fall into your category of you know house that people would probably turn mm. their noses up at a party yeah, and yeah, yeah, you do right. you do get that quite a lot Um, kind of being involved with house music yeah, um, yeah. but definitely. when you're in a club and you're surrounded by the people that love it and have that same interest Survive, it's, isn't it? Yeah. there's nothing better but yeah so it is brilliant to know that I can connect with other producers in different styles and genres Um, that is ultimately my goal like, I don't really like to Bound myself to a certain genre. I like to be Mm. quite expansive with my different influences. And yeah,
1: you've been getting some recognition from the BBC, from BBC Introducing.
2: Uh, They they seem to be loving your stuff at the moment. So just tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, It's been, the sport has been unprecedented. It's been unbelievable. I got my first Radio One play last week. And before that, it's been more just uh, like local radio plays, but often little write ups, little 10 minute mixes. So yeah, it's been amazing support and now I'm you know, I'm starting to contact more labels and when I do I've got something there, I've got something on my belt that people yeah, can, yeah. you know. They'll appreciate <laughs> me coming to them more, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's incredible, Great. man. That's that's so tell us about big.
0: what you're releasing at the moment. So you just put out an EP. Um, yeah, I
2: put out an EP in January at the start of this year. Uh it's called Try Me. Uh it did go down really well. It didn't necessarily get all the streams I really wanted it to, but I got a lot of positive messages about it and the BBC were in love with it. Um, mm. I threw a launch party as well uh, at A Bar Below, so my friend Sam Pratt, shout out to him. Uh, he runs a, a bar in Headingley called A Bar Below. It's brilliant. Uh, plays a lot of like minimal house music. Um, and yeah, it was just a perfect little space. It's got the capacity of about 50 people. Uh, mm. I managed; to, I filled it out. It was a brilliant night. And I think it just kind of gave a really nice start to what is the EP that kind of defines my sound at the moment? Yeah, uh, that,
0: that's amazing, man. It's. I think it's, you're you're talking about the the streams. It's easier it's easier to get caught up in the numbers, but then when you see people reacting to it and oh, and all yeah. the the feedback that you're getting, I think that's really as nice what you what you need to be getting in it.
2: Oh, definitely.
0: I'm definitely a culprit
2: to that, though. There's one bad effect that music has on me, is that sometimes I get fixated on how other people can. Oh yeah. Hear my music and how mm. they respond to it. And I think the most mm. important thing is that you like you yourself have a strong interest in the music that you make. And anytime that I worry Absolutely. about how yeah. someone interacts with my tunes, I'm just like, Seth, you love your songs. That's why you've put them out to the world. With music, especially like
1: it's one thing wanting, wanting it to blow up, but you know, if you're just making music like everyone else is making it, if you're making it for other people to like, not for yourself, and that's where all the soul just goes completely out the window completely. it's like you gotta be making sure that you've got faith in we did an episode on dr dre's the chronic which is widely regarded as one of the masterpieces yeah, of all time right but it's undisputed brilliant. dr dre was questioning whether he should release the album when he finished it like <laughs> he, he said to nate dog look man is this shit good or not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like but at the end of the day, he had faith in himself. He had faith in the music. So he released yeah. it, and the rest is history.
2: And that's so how you know. Yeah, it's an unbelievable album. It's mad. It's got, to take, got to take those risks. Got yeah. to do
1: what you believe in. Let Fuck what me other people
2: ride. Exactly. I, <laughs> I absolutely love that album. For me, the most important thing about the music that I make is that it's definitely not something that other people have heard before. And particularly in the house world, people will yeah. not necessarily be shocked by it, but they'll just think, you know, that's something a little bit different. And in a way, that's all you need. It doesn't need that to start with, particularly for like brand new producers that haven't even produced in three years or so. I think um, it's not necessarily about that wow factor. It's just about that person saying, that guy's got a little something. That's all you exactly. need to start with. Yeah. No, I definitely
0: picked that up from your music, man. I've never heard anything like that before. It's like you've got something there, you know, like you've got a new sound that people haven't experimented with yeah. and that's really exciting
2: oh, like I think
1: especially was. at this stage in our in our careers as well people aren't looking for perfection and I think that's the problem is people get so bogged down with perfection, they never release anything and then you know this oh, long term, that's where the regrets are, mm-hmm. so you know you've got to take chances, people are looking for that, that spark, you know that, without, without a doubt, that
2: soul a really important example of that is that uh, I've been doing this remix with my friend Simba and he he released a song, he's releasing a song on this label called Rollerblaster Records. And uh, yeah, he sent me the stems and he's like, oh, can you do a remix? I'm going to add like five or six remixes to this single. And the second that I got the stems, I was just like, the majority of this song isn't me. Like I haven't, I, I, this isn't what I experiment with. I think going back to what you were saying about that like, you, need, you need something which is your own, it's uh, very much quite jazzy again, but I've been trying to focus more on that kind of Call and response sound, and I hear what you were talking mm. about in your leaper podcast. And what I realised is, for so many big producers, that is such an essential part of their writing, um, particularly mm. with dance music, because it's it's what keeps people involved. And I think that mm. kind of uh, you need constant change every eight bars. And call and response provides like a really perfect answer mm. to that question, because, like you said, people kind of turn their nose up at house music quite a lot. And I think call and response is definitely provides a really it's a really integral element mm. to making music which is radio ready i think dance music in itself is quite interesting because obviously it's very
1: rhythm focused and so when you think about it from a kind of you take a step back and you look at it it's like the the arts it's almost like the art is in keeping people dancing and, keep, and keeping mm. people subconsciously interested in the feel of the music Definitely. so then it's, it's a question of how are you going to add melody and how you're going to add harmony and all sorts and make it into a a full song without it just being pure rhythm. You know, how do you make it into that full 3d really? piece of music?
2: I've been a jazz musician since I was 11. So for me, when I sat down to make house music, I did have to kind of take a different approach, mm. but the, like you said about it being more about the groove rather than about the yeah. songwriting. It's about the groove. It's about yeah, 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 keeping exactly. that, keeping that crowd locked into what you're doing. Feel. And I think just having the the skills to, put down some nice melodic ideas and a funky bass line is essentially (laughs) all the skills you need in terms of the writing aspect of house music. But Mm. the most important thing is the production value, really. I've watched quite a lot of tutorials recently and people talk quite a lot about loudness. Obviously, I think loudness is important, but people are talking about, how can I refine my mix to make this song sound louder? Sacrifices dynamics, man. Yeah. How can I refine this mix to make this song sound louder? And people are like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. And it's not necessarily that you haven't compressed that snare drum, right, or, you know, your, your levels aren't correct. It's about the actual songwriting itself. Exactly, exactly. And if you leave space um, for your instruments and for your drums, that's where you're going to get your loudness from. If you it's, know it's, yeah. If you know where all the perks are meant to be, and not necessarily where they're meant exactly. to be, but where, if you put them in a place where they have their own frequency space, and you... Kind of think about that when you're actively thinking about which sounds that you select
1: it's a similar thing when you're recording bands because I think a lot of people nowadays get so bogged down with like oh no i need I need a different plugin on my on on this channel or I need like a better mic or whatever mm. that's bullshit. It's all down to the source. You can oh, have 100%. a fairly shit mic going through a fairly shit preamp going through a shit interface into like fucking garage band you know if the source is good that's gonna come through in the recording. And 100%. I suppose it's the same principle of what you're saying over here.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think as all that links in so much to what you're saying about the source of the sound being mm. strong is mm. obviously really important. Yeah. But I yeah, think it's yeah. all the originality of it and it's like even exactly. even if you're just exactly. looking for yeah. background textures, I think just something just to fill out the back of space, something you're just gonna sidechain to the kick and it's just mm. gonna you know, it's just gonna fill up that room in your mix. Um mm. It's so much better to just record something out of your mic, just you going or you get exactly. or you beatboxing yeah. and just putting a really nice wide pan really, really nice wide stereo imager on it, and uh, bumping a blurry reverb, maybe putting a step editor on it, and like creating or like chroma and logic. That's mm. a perfect plugin to use for like background textures. Because mm. and just to fill up your mix. And I think mm. even just recording that yourself is so much better than taking a sample and, but it's just a little things <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, important yeah. about the originality of your sound. Yeah, I feel that. Like it,
0: recording your own sounds, we've talked about this previously, it adds like your own flavor exactly. to it and its own texture that when you, you don't get yeah, in a drum yeah, yeah, kit. Yeah.
1: Oh, when I you think about it like this, you know, I can I can literally open up GarageBand, which is like probably the most popular free music production software, Right, I can drag in like a kick and a snare pattern, but any any kid can do that. Especially Mm. if you're you're, you're quantizing it, you're using fairly common sounds, you know, any kid can do that. So that completely stamps out any originality kind of the way that you're describing music is how a lot of the the best musicians see it. And it's, it's almost like a painter would see a blank canvas, you know, use all the different shades of paint and mix them all to make a, to make a painting. You're doing that, but with sound, the EQ graph, the frequencies, that's your canvas. Mm-hmm. And everything going on in your mix—that's the paint. Yeah. That's how I see music. It's a creation. It's a piece of art. It's oh. not just like something you throw together, just 100%. you know, with with no soul.
2: I think putting that argument forward now yeah. is so important. I think there's so many bedroom producers that, um, mm. have obviously got the heart. They're doing exactly what they want to be doing. They're making music, and particularly at a time exactly, like this, it's exactly. so important that you're being creative. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the one flaw a lot of people tend to have is that the way that they go towards that end goal isn't always that effective. That mm. isn't in any way knocking people's heart or even their ability to hear good sounds and make a good track. Anyone can make a good song. Mm. Um, it's just about learning them little things and just learning your techniques and like I say, le- learning to put different hats on. And I think when we've been uh, mm. p- painting that canvas with all your different brushes and your different colours, yeah, that's yeah, the same yeah. as putting all different hats. And I think when mm. I've been, obviously at least College to Music, we get to learn a lot about sound in the studio. And yeah, it's, it's, it's unreal how much that has taught me about how to mix songs better. Mm. And yeah, I think just understanding, obviously the creative process is really important, but I'm just going to go back to what I said about loudness. because so I think people talk so much about loudness, but understanding how your mix will be louder through the way that you've arranged It's so much, it's really, really important. And um, providing that space in your mix by picking the right sounds. Mm. And if you can mm. mold that by just recording your own sounds in your own room, then it, then that, that's how you're going to make hit records, how exactly. so you're going to make good sounds. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I've I've learned recently with my hip-hop production just the power of silences yeah. with, when you're composing and just like cutting the beat completely and then bringing it back in is so powerful. Ma- Madlib is the master of that. Yeah, Ma- yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, just, yeah, like, you, you can add a lot more to a track by taking parts away. you got to let the track breathe. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So I want to find out now about your influences. So you've, we
2: talked a about, lot about jazz, a lot about house. What got you into jazz and house? My dad used to play me a lot of acid jazz when I was a kid. And he told me a story about when he was maybe like in his 30s and he went into a club and Saw someone that was like half his age, he kind of took a step away from it. <laughs> and that for me, when he took a step away from that, he kind of started listening to acid jazz. And when he couldn't go to the club anymore and he had us, um, that definitely feeded onto me. When I was 11, my dad was playing a lot of piano at the time. Uh, and he was playing Hit the Road Jack on the piano. So I probably played that song for like, uh, he, he taught me it. And I was probably playing that song for like nine months, 10 months, just in my C Blues scale. Nice. And Uh, From that point, I just got a really good feeling for groove and kind of sitting in the pocket of a groove. In terms of where I got my music from, my playing the piano and kind of just sitting in that groove has been so important for me. Rather than learning loads and loads of different scales, like someone like Bill Evans or Ray Charles, I've been Mm. more of a, yeah, like a groove kind of musician. Um, I can learn something over a long period of time and get really, really strong with that groove and kind of become really really familiar with a piece of music or really familiar with the pe- with a chord progression i find that interesting what you're saying about instruments because i think it's important like
0: i find every musician has an instrument that they're most comfortable with like for me it's the guitar i can just grab that start yeah. riffing on it you know it's i think everyone's got that instrument that they're most comfortable when they gravitate towards Definitely. seth or dr k at the <laughs> moment i think that's the the Sims for you isn't it it's the, the movie, yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. nice beautiful so you're saying, is the piano for you that uh, you gravitated towards first? Yeah, definitely.
2: At school, I did loads of shows. And I did a lot of like musical theatre as well. See, I, I've just always been massively involved in music since I went to high school. But mm-hmm. my dad is just, without a doubt, the most important influence to me in terms of me just introducing me to kind That's of amazing, man. sitting in the pocket of that groove, like listening to DJ cool in the car, like let me clear my throat. Like, <laughs> I, they're, they're the strongest memories mm-hmm. that I have of music when I was a kid. Um. That's amazing. And I think, without a doubt, I wouldn't be making house music if it wasn't for him. So, so
0: was it your dad that introduced you to house music, or was that a very natural progression? Um, and you found
2: that for yourself? Uh, not so much. He kind of he introduced me to hip hop, and yeah, like acid jazz, obviously when I was a kid, um, and then to mm. the piano. And now he's taken up the guitar, but I kind of stole the piano from him in the and dancer. He kind of <laughs> stopped playing when I started playing, and then I just started right. learning standards like uh, Autumn Leaves, Slam to the Moon. Just getting really familiar with all the with all the jazz scales and obviously like finding my favourite keys and things like that. So yeah. now when I kind of sit down and write, there's no doubt that all that time spent practicing when I was a kid has definitely just come into the music that I make now. In terms of artists though, so Bill Evans is without a doubt one of the most important artists for me. His use of chordal harmony, his use of like uh sidestepping. Just lots of really brilliant piano techniques, which definitely have a really important impact on the music that I make. So would you say there was a particular album, like
0: one particular album that you listen to that and you're like, I have to make music or I have to make house or jazz or just one that really inspired you, one that like, you look
2: back, that album changed my life. It, this is actually isn't that jazzy and it isn't that housey. That's um, Anything like... I think I'm going to say, at least for now, by Benjamin Clementine.
0: I'm alone in a box of stone
2: When all is said and done Have you guys ever heard of Benjamin Clementine? No, mm-hmm. I don't think so, no. He was a, a classical pianist from France. And he grew up homeless in Paris. And he started playing the piano uh, in a coffee shop in the centre of Paris. And that's kind of how he learned music. And I think, obviously, I can't relate myself wow. to that story at all. I'm not saying I relate myself to that. But I think the way that he learned quite mm. organically, like without sheet music in front of him. mm uh yeah, and yeah, without yeah. like just playing what he obviously wanted to play mirrors my story almost perfectly because that's that's what i've always done we're, we're, all yeah. the teachers that i've had have just allowed me to play that's, what i wanted yeah. to play that's cool man
0: yeah like we said about him learning in in france in oh. a coffee shop i think that's how some of the best musicians are created you know just messing about on an instrument my favorite artist is jack white he learned the guitar by just playing around with his mm-hmm. uncles, I believe. That's and brilliant. like people say to this day, he cannot play the guitar because he, he doesn't do it by the traditional means. And um his partner in the white stripes, Meg White, <laughs> notoriously a terrible drummer, but what she did <laughs> in the context of those albums was incredible. She just had this very distinct style. And I think that's that's amazing when an artist like they, they don't learn through the standard methods. They teach themselves and they they mm. have a very distinct style and
2: I think that comes Without across there's one song called Cornerstone that hits home for me and my family and it's just the tone of his voice, his piano playing is absolutely extraordinary. Hmm. Just everything about that album just rings like joy for me. There's just nothing there's nothing better.
0: And and would you say that after listening to that, that's what got you into making music or um, like really drove you into looking at it as, as a career?
2: I think the as a career I'd say mostly for me, that was just playing live. I wouldn't say that I ever held down to one specific album or work or, or one person that kind of motivated me. I think it was just the confidence yep. in myself to just take off and just do what right, I wanted yeah, to do. Yeah. Because I, I kind of didn't really mm. ever think about doing music as a career until probably year 13. But up to that point, I, I'd just nice. done it as something that I absolutely loved. And that was just, one. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. it was just an amazing side to my life that I'd always have there. And now, like, Mm. knowing that I've got some recognition and if you can do the thing that you love and at the same time, you know, and manage to make your way in life with it. Like, when you are first born, your parents couldn't ask for any more than that, really.
0: So what are you listening to at the moment in the last year or so? What's piqued your
2: interest? Max Cooper. He's got this amazing song. This amazing song called Perpetual Motion. It's got this really, really nice... Slowly progressing synth part throughout the entire song. Mm-hmm. Um, the chords remain virtually the same, but the, like there's a few perks changes, a constant reverb build throughout the track. And there's just something about that song that just, mm. it's just a beautiful track. Right? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely check that list.
0: out. Because, um, like you were saying about house music, we haven't listened to house music properly. You know, yeah. the bits we heard would be in a club. Oh, yeah. And if just, you were it's, to it's, compare it <laughs> to like hip hop, if you'd only heard hip hop in a club, you'd have this terrible yeah. impression yeah, of it. Completely. You know? So I think it's it's good. If you recommend us some good house music, I'm happy to check it out, man. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm sure there's there's a
2: lot of good stuff
0: out there. We're just not hearing. Definitely.
2: It. Yeah, so Belair has been a massive influence on me. Uh Oh yeah. Uh they're two have you guys heard of either of them before? Nope. So they're very much like it's very <laughs> much like jazz infused house music. Bel Air is like a lot more of it is quite uplifting, but he does have quite a lot of downbeat tracks, which are like you know just have like really long pauses essentially in the tune where you've just got you just got a really nice piano solo, and that just takes hold of the track for a good minute, and uh, it you know it just it takes away from what that people would normally consider that kind of really repetitive structure which house music has abided to and is kind of forced to be reconciled with. You know, um, ambient one music for airports. I don't know. Brian, no, Brian, either. Yeah, 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 man. That um, that mm. album is just uh so seminal, or like just so important for the growth of ambient music, and as much as it's not house, yeah, the melodies, yeah. just the way that the songs progress. Ruff. Just it's such a home for me, mm. and I really, really enjoy it. Uptown Funk Empire, The Empire Strikes Back, um, very much very raw, funky music. I did a little disco for my mum on her birthday this year because we were all in quarantine. Nice. So we all went up in my room, we did a little disco, and I played her one of these tracks. My mum needs something to sing along to, right? I've never heard, I've never, ever heard my mum say, I like this song if it doesn't have lyrics in. And I played her this song. Right. And despite everything else being, like, classic disco hits that she could sing along to, and I played this one, and, like, mum and dad, like, my dad and my sister and my brother were looking at me like, what are you playing this for? Like, like, mum wants to sing something, and... And looks at me. And she's just like proper boogie and really enjoying it. For me, <laughs> this album just really encapsulates that image. That's great. It man. just brings in all of them old school disco lovers that need something to sing along to, like yeah, Abba, yeah you know, all that kind of stuff. And it just puts it into this really yeah. nice funky raw format, which I have played in clubs because it just just That's sounds nice really name. really nice. <laughs> I love that your mum loved it. Might play it for my mum. Yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> so there's this little four track remix EP, Arabia Keyline. And it's got this really, really cheesy saxophone solo in it, which is basically the centerpiece to all the remixes. But they've all just got a really, really nice separate styles. Um, Harry Wolfman remix is probably my favorite out of them. Four. It's just, it's got that really grungy underground kind of feel. And uh, yeah, it's just really, really nice to listen to. Brilliant chords as well. Uh, yeah, it's lovely production. Obviously, I can't miss out. Tom Mish and Yusuf Days, what kind of music? Yes. The last, yeah, man. The last month or so, my life has been pretty much centered around this album. It's absolutely amazing. Because <laughs>
0: um, so we're, we're going to be discussing that album. I've only had Night Rider so far, but that's
2: incredible. Yeah, I've only listened to the first,
1: first three tracks at the moment. But um, it's It's,
2: yeah, so, it's brilliant. I, it's I, cause I've been listening to Yusuf yeah. Days and Tom Mish so much separately. For the last year, like three years of my life, because it's so, so like, and just to see how Tom mm. Mish has kind of brought himself into this jazz world with someone as successful as Yusuf Days, and have yeah, yeah, yeah. just created this sound which you don't really hear anywhere because it's really, really catchy riffs that everybody loves. But Yusuf Days has kind of, yeah, Yusuf Days has kind of climatized to it. Obviously, it would be no trouble for him to climatize this kind of music, but he's definitely settled down this drumming mm. Mm. and he's focused more on the tones of his drumming. So he, yeah, he's, yeah. he's had to kind of... I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in um, in the opening track, What Kind of Music, he's like, in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. intro, he's like tuning down, tuning up the drums. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just loved, I, <laughs> nice. I love to hear that because it's just, it's him kind of not... It's natural. Yeah, it's natural. Yeah. And it's obviously, he, he knows that he can't really go absolutely insane in a drum solo in this song because it's, just, it's mm. just not typical of tom mish's style
1: he's still making the drums the center part of the song yeah
2: exactly still yeah. Uh, it's just brilliant just really good i mean
1: the the whole london jazz scene is really blowing up at the moment isn't it yeah because you've got artists yeah. like the ezra collective as well they're doing bits at the moment yeah ezra Collective. and it's you know especially in leeds obviously we go to a, a music university but a, a lot of people outside there, just generally in the area like are fans of that whole sound coming out of London at the moment. And jazz is incredibly interesting. We've we've spoken about jazz a lot of times in this podcast. And with both of our last guests, actually, we think jazz is gaining a lot more traction, especially with younger audiences. And personally, I think that's a great thing because it's kind of emphasizing musicality once Mm. more as Mm. opposed to just trends, which is what a lot of popular music is yeah not to sound like a purist but uh, that's that's the nature of a lot of, a lot of commercialized stuff mm-hmm. so i think it's great to see that jazz and a focus on the music instrumental music is making a big comeback mm. and that's i suppose that's also where house plays a big part in it as well mm. if you can kind of fuse those two genres like you're like you're doing jazz with house you know that's in turn going to get a lot of other people into those two respective genres, because for me personally, I can say without any hesitation that Madlib got me into jazz. And I don't think that I would be listening to jazz as I am now, if it wasn't for Madlib fusing his his own style of hip hop and jazz. So but that's that kind of goes back to what you were saying at the start as well, of how it's important to fuse those genres, create something new, keeping it original. And that in turn is... Man, it's it's big long term effects as well, as well as getting people to recognise you as a unique artist. Oh, yeah.
2: massively. I think but, having grown up but with yeah, jazz, yeah. that's it's it's what I've done definitely. Day to day. There was a
0: big surge uh, I think when Tabimba yeah. Butterfly came out. I remember that was a yeah, big yeah, album yeah, yeah. jazz in terms of yeah, widening it, huge. the audience of it. And uh, that's that's Camasi my favourite album ever. To pimp about play. I think it's incredible.
1: You you heard uh, Kendrick's making a rock album? <laughs> no, I haven't. That's the rumors. Really?
2: Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, his next album. Well, wow. Hopefully. That's quite interesting.
2: <laughs> so so's so's Lil Pump. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of rappers <laughs> trying to trying to make acoustic stuff at the moment, aren't they? You see, I, don't, I even just like yes. small producers. They're trying to are trying to kind of expand a little bit, particularly in this time of lockdown. I'm just trying to think about something a little bit different we we've
0: listened to the nav and future album and for me that was signifying kind of the end of the trap sound because it, it's it's yeah, it's i think it's definitely. had its run at this but after listening to those two albums yeah. honestly it needs to do something yeah. new now like it's gone they, stale they really have kind of pushed it to the limit at this point
2: and yeah, they have done it to yeah. death it's true
0: <laughs> I, I can say that safely after listening to those two albums that it needs yeah. something new and i think
2: that
1: shit was so <laughs> sucking. I can tell you. Looking right now.
0: <laughs> into jazz, looking into rock, all of these genres, it's something that needs to be done. So with that, my next question mm. is with you. So, so you fuse jazz and house. Is are you main two? Is there another yeah. genre that you'd think that you maybe want to delve into in the future? And is there one that you would
2: definitely avoid? I've made a lot of hip hop in the past, so I'd very much like to make not necessarily an instrumental, but maybe an EP with a few artists that I'm really liking at the moment. Maybe with some really nice solely vocals on top as well, just to break mm. up the, the verses. So yeah, definitely hip hop, uh, ambient, break beat, maybe a bit of techno. Nice. Probably like I I was thinking in my ah, third techno. I was thinking in my third year, you know, because we're meant to be stu- meant to be recording like a full uh, studio yeah, album yeah, yeah. or studio EP. So I don't know. I mm. was thinking about just doing something really raw and really jazzy. Um, Maybe just like a solo yeah. jazz thing, like solo, pe- like because I, I really want to re engage in my piano playing again. Because mm. if there's anything I've regretted, yeah, definitely regretted over the last year, like six months or so, is that I haven't, I haven't been playing the yeah. piano as much. And as much, I, I've spent loads of time practicing, so it's, it's all that, like, it's all still there under my fingers, but I just haven't progressed mm. recently. Oh, I feel yeah. that, yeah. So it's, yeah,
0: once I learned the guitar, it was way too easy to just play power chords, and that was it. Just get stuck yeah. in a, yeah. stuck in yeah. a rut, and you don't don't push yourself. My
1: my biggest regret is definitely just slacking off with piano practice for a few years. Yeah, like uh, it, it's just thinking about how much better you'd be. Like, whatever music you make, I think being fluent in an instrument like piano or guitar, being fluent in a classical instrument, there's nothing better for understanding mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. I would recommend that to anyone starting out. So, Without doubt, get your instrument chops like.
0: Oh, the, the second part of the question is, is there any genre that you would avoid?
2: It's a tricky one, isn't it? It's a tricky question. Because I do like to listen to absolutely yeah, yeah.
0: everything. But um, is, is there any that you think, I, I just don't want to touch that. That's not for me. I think for us, it's probably country. I don't see us doing country ever. <laughs> not a little yeah, Narsay. I can listen to that.
2: I think that's, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> country's <laughs> tough. Uh, I, I'd say that's maybe, maybe not quite in my uh in my sphere. Either, yeah, to be honest, we need to I've, find someone to maybe, start the UK yeah. country
0: scene. I mean, that's just begging to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the gap in, <laughs> gap the,
1: market, in the market, man. Market,
2: yeah.
0: To be to be fair, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: okay.
0: we, we can put our own
1: experimental spin true. on
2: it. You know, we're, doesn't doesn't have to be country per se, but. You know. <laughs> um. Yeah, maybe. I don't just want to agree with you guys. That's just boring. <laughs> I need to think of something. Well, what about could could we see Seth Seth Choan
1: doing some some trap? Some uh, I have
2: made trap in the past. Yeah. I feel like I will probably stay clear away from trap, despite how much joy it's brought me. Like, <laughs> you know, could, like Travis could, Scott has brought me in my you, life. I think I, could I, I'll we see probably...
1: you doing some some singing rapping? Could we see you with the auto tune? Uh, and some I
2: I do to be fair I, I do like to sing hot beats. I do yeah. like to sing. Um, I've been singing because, I, like I said, I did a lot of musical theatre. But I don't know about... Yeah, probably not singing rap, not like mumble rapping mm. or any of that kind of stuff. If you think about
1: the situation at the moment, how it's been for the last couple of months, marketing has been the hardest part of music at the moment. And it seems to me like it's been just a massive sea of content and it's just a content overload of everyone trying to push their shit all on the same platform. And it's, it's nauseating, man, because it's just listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. You're not going to want to listen to everything you're seeing. So that's kind of detrimental to the promotional side of things. So my question to you is how are you planning to cut above the noise? Do you have any interest in any marketing techniques or ideas that maybe other people aren't doing at the moment?
2: I think um, if there's one, I wouldn't say I've got any like specific strategy or anything that I'm like really excited about, you know, unveiling to the world. Um, But I definitely think that now more than ever, yeah, having a unique selling point is really important. But I think the other thing is just having a team or having a group of people that can help you do it with you. Hmm. And Hmm. the last EP I released by myself, and it, it went down pretty well, but I didn't really want to get like, the ma the, the obviously it's my first release. So I wasn't expecting m- mass exposure, but I'm assuming that if I'm going to do that, I'm going to need a team of people around yeah, me,
1: definitely helping
2: definitely. me to do it. So I suppose just, um, if there's one thing, there's <laughs> this is quite quite a funny thing, but if there's one thing that I'm trying to do myself to create, like be a cut above others, it's just to kind of stay together with all the people that I love and the people 100%, that hundred hundred percent, I'm close with, and just making sure that they're happy to kind of spread my music and Mm. you know kind of share the Mm. love and record labels as well that's a really important thing I think I'm just going to start sending more music out to labels Mm. and see how they respond I think
1: that's that's a great point about Mm. working with other people I've been trying to make a solo EP since like the end of year nine and it's still not materialized but you know since I've been working with Hamza and I've been meeting people at uni I've got so much shit that's ready to go now and, it's, uh, yeah. and even this <laughs> podcast, like if I was doing this podcast by myself, nothing would ever get released because I would be so bogged down with the placing of like a word or like the spelling of something in the description or whatever. It, we, yeah. we have these it,
0: like every all, week. Yeah, exactly, there's this one exactly. thing, tiny bit with the podcast is like, Look, you can't put this out and then change exactly. this one little so, thing. So you, like, oh, it took me an hour to change. So you it. see what I'm saying oh, here, man. No. Like
1: if, if if it wasn't for for, you know, me and Hamza doing this, you know, for it for it being a team effort, you know, this, this shit yeah. wouldn't be happening. And I think that goes for a lot of Without people. Doubt. And when you've got, you know, multiple minds, you know, kind of on one project, uh, that's that's what makes something different to just another person plugging their shit on Instagram, which is what everyone's mm. doing. Um, These days, it seems definitely
2: mm. SoundCloud has been on like a pretty big resurgence over the last few years. And it'd be a real shame if coronavirus is kind of the thing which brings it back down again. Because there's, like you were saying, there's such a big sea of music which people are releasing mm. at the moment. And the mixes that I've been releasing with my brand Lucid Sounds obviously the uh, interest has been tapering. But that's purely because you know, people might listen to it one Friday night, but then it means the next Friday night they might not mm. feel like they have to. Just because, you know, they've, and it's it's not even like an intentional thing. It's a completely subliminal thing. But in their head, they'll just be like, "Oh, you know, I'm just going to scroll past that this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're mm. on their phones. They're just doing what they yeah. do on their Friday night. Exactly. I mean, family, that's you know? that's
1: the nature of, of stuff like Instagram, isn't it? If you see something, you're not really digesting it fully. You just scroll into the next, which almost, and this mm. is kind of my issue with the whole TikTok thing, is it makes music a lot more disposable, I think. Um mm. That's, oh, yeah, definitely. That's a matter of opinion. Uh, not everyone agrees with me, um, but that's uh-huh. that's that's how I see it.
2: I suppose I can see that in some sense. But then also, I think TikTok is probably helping people. I don't know, just better exposure on their songs. People will hear I, it. And...
0: I, I would agree with that more. I think it's an amazing marketing tool, and that's
2: mm.
1: it. Depends where you're trying to get out of the music.
2: Yeah. I, th- I think that this is quite a funny argument, because it's about like... <laughs> Like making making something disposable, I think the word disposable is quite is quite strong. Mm. You know what I mean? It 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 means it literally means to throw something to one side or to it, it, you are able to just cast the music back to one side and just make it something we, separate. We've
0: talked about last week um, "Tootie Slide" by Drake. I don't know if you heard it. It's his big single at the moment. Yeah. That sounds like a song that was made for TikTok, right? It's it's got this dance bit in it and yeah. like the production's. Really half-baked, and it's just... Yeah, it, it that song, it, I can hear what Seth is saying, but on the whole, I think it's done more good than, Bobby, you see, than bad. Yeah. I think it's given it exposure to but a lot of You see of what artists. you're saying about it being disposable?
1: If you think about it in a sense of, you know, scrolling through timeline and then flicking onto the next one, that that is essentially what you're doing, isn't it? You're You're seeing something... Mm-hmm. You know, you watch it for ten, twenty seconds. You scroll onto the next one. Never, never go back to it. Yeah, but that is disposable. You're throwing away the music. At that point,
0: right. people were looking for. At that point, people were looking for the dance or the meme or whatever. Mm. the The exposure comes from when people go, "Oh, I like that song. Let me check mm. them out." Yeah, go on Spotify. set it up. That's the idea where that it, it comes from.
2: It is kind of separating the listener, separating the viewer from the piece of music because they're observing mm, something yeah, else yeah. which is in front of them i suppose in a sense you could say it's disposable in that sense that it's making someone disregard the music which is underneath the image but then yeah. but then how's that any obviously it, obviously this is a big leap but how's that any different from it. like amazing orchestral pieces which are written for like by like Hans Zimmer mm. in movies just because there's a moving image which people can yeah. scroll past or kind of <laughs> move beyond I, I suppose that depends
1: on what you're trying to achieve, isn't it? I,
2: I, I, it depends what you mean by the, by the term disposable. Because I think the music in TikToks is kind of what brings the TikToks to life, in a sense. You see people dancing to them. I'm not saying I use TikTok, but millions and millions of people are watching these. Mm. And there's a reason for it. And I'd say that mm. it is definitely quite important. And it's whatever 100%. it's doing, it's also making more people listen I've, to the songs. I, like,
0: I was into Doja Cat before she blew up like she just got a number one single i believe and she blew up through tiktok like 100 percent and i don't think she suffered as a result of that she got a number one song uh, but i think people like doja cat for doja cat right now that it's not because of tiktok or that she's not seen mm. as a tiktok artist mm. live gigs are kind of impossible right now but looking forward into the future what what might uh, a Tohan gig look
2: like? Definitely. I think this time has given me a lot of time to listen to new music. Oh, yeah. Um, and to engage with different sounds. And I think if there's one thing I'm really inspired by, having been to a conference in uh, during um, Inner City Electronic, which I played at in March. Um, nice. Mr. Scruff, Mr. Scruff was talking about uh, how in his sets he just plays everything. And in these clubs in Berlin that he used to be in, People, you know, before 4 a.m., 3 a.m., peak time, like really peak time, like mm. at this point you want bang and you've just got someone playing like the most experimental jazz that you've ever yeah. heard in your life. And it's, it's a full club full of people appreciating it and listening to it. And I think if there's one thing I want to do, it's, it's to try and build some, obviously maybe not that experimental, but some sense of a wider plethora of sounds for, for my audiences, whether that's like acid jazz. Um, going a bit more deep, or a bit more grungy, or just just anything—yeah, something a, a bit, you know, something a, a bit different. That's cool.
0: I, I recently got into DJing, and then I went I went down the the rabbit hole of YouTube, just looking up weird DJ sets and with yeah. people are like scratching with classical tunes and all sorts. It's yeah. like there's there's a lot of experimentation you can do. It's incredible. Is oh, Mister oh, yeah. Scruff is the mail.
1: guy who did the 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 stock Windows song? The Windows. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, what do you think of that song? That's such a funny song. That's a classic song. I, I, I remember, remember that. I remember Clear as day, man. I How remember can so well? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, no. I remember like 2010, like, looking at my dad's like, yeah, <laughs> going onto iTunes and just see it, seeing the that net, two, yeah, there but, next to the Jurassic yeah. Five and just being like, yeah, got, do, I got myself. Did he mention that in his talk? <laughs> um, no, he didn't.
1: He's probably trying to escape it, man.
2: It's because. It... <laughs> He probably is, like, he just sold, it. he put just gave a free song to Apple, probably. He probably, do you reckon he got but a lot Microsoft of money yeah. for it, though? Oh, yeah, Microsoft, sorry, yeah. Uh,
0: probably, it's on, <laughs> like, every computer, <laughs> like. some <laughs> unreal. He's probably getting some money from that, but you don't, so. Yeah, it's interesting,
2: it's a, it's a weird claim to fame, <laughs> oh, isn't it?
1: I was on your computer.
0: Yeah, just, yeah, it is on all exactly.
2: But he's, <laughs> uh, as a DJ, he's unbelievable. He's so good.
0: Are there any genres that you feel you want to move towards
2: more, and also are there any that you would avoid? If there's a few I want to move towards, um, I think engaging more in pop music is probably going to be quite important moving into this modern age. Just seeing because you've got to understand where the mainstream is and where Mm. where where commercial sound is. Because regardless of the music that you're that you're making, if it's underground, for me I think it is quite important Mm. to understand what the casual listener needs to hear
0: yeah just just so you're aware and like yeah. you can observe mm. the industry trends and yeah definitely i think it's it's just important to have that awareness i think that's part of the reason we started this podcast is we don't listen to a lot mm. of these albums naturally that that we discuss mm. but it's a good excuse for us to you know dive into futures album and to, yeah. like find out what yeah, really yeah, is yeah. going
2: on in 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 current current music definitely um some breakbeat some techno yeah pop music like i said some r&b and soul definitely want to venture back into hip-hop because i spent a lot of time making hip-hop that was kind of where i started just you know making beats and then like mm. all my friends would kind of be in my room mm. just like <laughs> just spitting bars just being stupid you know what i mean and i yeah, think yeah. that's kind of where it started for me but and as much i did make some, i released some hip-hop stuff on soundcloud and my friend will um He used to kind of see the potential and the stuff that I made, but it was like the production was never like extraordinary because I was just starting out. So it it sounded pretty flat. But like he could tell that there was some like nice musical devices in there. And I think I think for that reason alone, I'd definitely like Mm. to go back into hip hop and take a lot of the skills I've made for making more dance music and Mm. just the way that I've learned to kind of blend sounds properly and create a much stronger mix. I'd much like I'd very much like to take that back into hip hop and see what happens.
1: On this podcast, we have a segment called Technique of the Week, where I uh, float uh, some potentially more unorthodox production techniques that people might not have used before, or just generally techniques that people might find interesting. So have you got any production techniques that uh, you would like to share with us that are perhaps more unique to you or that you just find quite fascinating
2: the one that I think has definitely helped me in the last few months, in particular, is putting reverb on kicks and cutting out the low end of a oh, reverb, ooh. and then st- so you've still got that sense of space in your kick, but right. it's not, but it's not Rever- really like oh, okay. bouncy or like it's not. So what's the word I'm looking for? I've not tried that. I've not tried that. So if you if you put a reverb onto a, onto your okay. kick and you cut out yeah. maybe up to about three or four hundred of the reverb, so you've just got the top end of the kick. The, just the top end of the kick sure, running through okay, the reverb. Okay, okay. It still provides it with a sense of space, but it doesn't make it like really flabby in a sense. what's really nice is you can still use the same reverb that you use on your other drums, um, hmm. but you can just copy and paste it and put it into a new a new bus yeah. just with an EQ on that reverb, cut it about three or four hundred.
1: Sounds like they're in that same space.
2: Um, yeah, and yeah, it still puts it yeah. in the same space as your other drums. Gives it a natural nice. feel. Obviously, the low end of the kick is so, so yeah, important. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, it's, it's pumping through the mix and it's kind of at the forefront of the mix, but um, to give it still a sense of space and kind of a sense of placement in the mix, just a Mm. sense of it belongs here with these other drums. It's not, because often I'll hear house mixes from friends that people send me and they just, it just feels like everything is built around the kick, but the kick, obviously the kick is great and it has its own kind of Mm. identity, but it doesn't really feel like it belongs. It's just kind of out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just there. I get you, you And, it's important for it to be there because in house music, yeah. it, do, it does need to be there. It has the to tie in. You can make a great in. song without this technique, don't get me wrong, mm. but it's just, it's quite nice just to kind of pull it back a little bit, especially what you were saying about making yeah, house music yeah. something a little 100%. bit different. That's yeah, yeah. very much, that's very much mm. a studio technique, putting reverb yeah. on a kick and cutting out the low end. And I think if I can incorporate that into my sound a little bit, it'll just make, 100%, you know, yeah. it'll give producers. A... Yeah, it's a very interesting take because, Especially in, like, hip-hop and trap,
0: uh, making everything around the kick is kind of how it works, you know? Like, mm. that kick drum is, like, your punch. That is, like, yeah, the heart of the track, you know? Without so a doubt. It's, yeah, so it's, it's interesting hearing in-house, like, how, it's, how it differs. And so it's very different vibe and, and process. Yeah,
2: because it, it is the centrepiece to the mix, without a doubt. Like, if you haven't got a yeah. fall on the floor kick, you're not going to move a crowd. Yeah. Particularly if you've moved... If you've been moving a crowd the whole night with a four on the floor kick, and then you play your own song, because I've had that before. <clears throat> I was playing at District, and um, I was playing a new song, and uh, I I'd, I'd like got really excited about the idea, and I was like, I've got a show tonight. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna quickly try and get it mastered so I can play it. And then I've just you know I've, I've just created a really rough headphone mix, haven't done it properly, and it's just mm. come out, and the kick just isn't quite there, and it's frustrating. I suppose yeah, the, like I said, the kick is the most important centerpiece to your mix particularly with dance music and house music
1: what is in the pipeline for seth choan what can we what can we expect to hear from you in the in the months to come
2: i'd like to say lots of new music um of and course. i think there'll definitely be a lot of new free downloads like the free download i released with days i'll send to you both so you can give it a listen i think you've cool. listened to it Seth. um uh i, I think just things that kind of evolved around that style, that kind of micro house, deep house style, mm. just infused with a lot of jazzy kind of, uh, um, yeah, jazzy chords, lots of intricate melodies, just trying to you know, stick to what my signature is and see where I can go with it. Mm. Uh, nice. Just make some exciting music and see who enjoys it, see what happens, um, keep sending stuff to the BBC, send some stuff out to labels, probably some more collabs as well, because I've, I've spent quite a lot of time Refining my own sound, and as I, to be mm. fair, as much I did collab on three of the tunes on my EP, um, or two two of the tunes on my—I well, suppose the first one is as well because it's my teacher on the saxophone. But mm. we did spend a lot of time like deliberating, talking about the melodies and stuff. So, yeah, probably just more collabs, just trying to experiment with new artists, well, uh, new sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've yeah. you've mentioned
1: wanting to get into hip hop. You've mentioned mm-hmm. wanting to collab. I mean, <laughs> I. Don't...
2: Well, we're we're thinking the same yeah, thing, here. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, there's no, yeah, definitely. Let's do it. I'll be excited. Yeah, we're we we're lacking in, those chords, we can, man. Like... We can play it. We can you, you play it, it here pod- first. We can play it on a podcast, and then we yes. can talk about the song yes, on the podcast. Exactly. That's how So, what new tracks have you got coming out for us? I've got this new remix of, of my friend Simba. Uh, he's releasing a track called "Lost Hearts." really deep, really strong track with a record label called Rollerblaster Records. So it's my first, nice. it's my first label release. The track I'm doing is compared to the other remixes, definitely pretty low key, um, but very jazzy, really intricate baseline. Yeah, very much based on this kind of call and response synth idea, which I've tried to pick up a lot more recently, having listened to a lot of hit records. Uh, and, you know, just like trying to study what, like figure out why, hit dance tracks are what they are um, mm. and I've definitely tried to put that into this new song yes I've got that coming out Um I've c I've I was gonna release an EP another EP like two months ago and I had this really like I you know when you just rush a project and mm. you get to the point where like yeah this is this sh- this should feel done and it just didn't mm. and right I sent I sent two of the songs that I liked BBC introducing one of them got played and I was like right It's okay, but it's just not where I want to be sonically right now. There is kind of that trend at the moment
0: that you have to be constantly making music and pushing it out. Mm. I I feel that, especially in recent years, artists are kind of expected to drop every year. And I feel like that's kind of because of Drake, because he's been so consistent and being one of the biggest artists in the world. Mm -hmm. That's kind of set the standard for now. Everyone's trying to bring out an album every year regardless of quality. And massively. I think you, you get some of the, the best artists, they will take the time. We have talked about Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. We talked about Kendrick Lamar. They will take as long as they need. And mm. I think that reflects in the music. You can tell oh, if definitely. something's just been mm. pushed out or something's,
2: you know, they've taken
0: the time and effort with it.
2: On the on the, the flip side to that though, there's a band called King Gizzard. King Gizzard and the Lizard oh, yes. Wizard. Yeah. yeah, King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard <laughs> coming out of Australia. Um and they've released they what released six studio albums last year. they just their their workflow is just absolutely insane. Yeah, we we've
0: we've talked about West Side Gun and the whole kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with the Griselda movement, these new like boom bap rappers out in New New York. And they are so consistent, like they can put out three, four albums a year and they would just be amazing. Like they'll they'll just be so consistent. And I, I think it, that's a skill in itself, if you can do that. Every day in the but studio. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's, it's knowing yourself, isn't it? If you can do that, go for it. Yeah. If you feel that you need more time, it's it's all about knowing knowing your standards, like you mentioned. Oh, I've got one more section. Oh, nice. Don't worry, it's not too long. It's called the quick fire Q&A. Right? It's, so you, I- <laughs> you have to be quick. I'm going to ask you a question. Within like a couple of seconds, you have to give me an answer. Okay. Otherwise, we move on. Okay. okay. So I've, I've not got too many. We'll just be quick back and forth. Bam, bam, bam. Right? Okay. You ready? Yeah. You you have to be mentally prepared for this because we've had our past two guests have crumbled during this segment. <laughs> oh, really? did, you expect, they,
2: just, did you expose them on the podcast? As well? Did expo- oh, well? didn't expose them.
0: That's but, uh... right, I'm ready I'm ready Come on <laughs> Okay let's do it Let's go Right <clears throat> Favourite colour Orange Pineapple and pizza Yes or no Yes With ham Tea or coffee And what brand I'm Vegetarian Uh, Tea Yorkshire tea Yes That's correct That's the best answer we've had <laughs> Oh yes Everyone crumbles at that question well Really oh, Right thank you. iPhone or Android iPhone I'll let it pass Opinions on Marmite Love it Eat it with Correct again Eat it with peanut butter Eat it with peanut butter Favourite TV show Community (laughs) Mate, you have smashed this I'm not even going to ask The last one's like a trick question I'm not going to ask you that Honestly You've uh, smashed all this <laughs> Have you seen the community reunion thing they're doing?
2: Yeah, I, I did see the the podcast. Too, I, was, well. I was watching it this morning. It was insane. Yeah, it's so I, good. Joe McGill such...
0: community community yeah. pineapple. <laughs> pizza, you've smashed that, mate. Well uh, Thanks, done. man. Thank
2: you. D-
0: you <laughs> that was the easiest te- part
2: of the podcast. I don't know what you mean.
0: <laughs> Everyone else, like they would say, "What's your favorite? What's your favorite tea?" And they say Tetley. And then afterwards we'd be like, why Tetley? You know? And then they were like, oh, I meant to say Yorkshire tea, but it's just depression, <laughs> man. Got it's because, yeah, it's because like
2: when you first think about it, you do like Tetley tea is like the first thing you hear. It's on all the adverts. Yeah. yeah. Like, Tetley tea. So I can understand. That was my initial reaction. I was like, yeah, yeah. no, I don't, I wouldn't drink that.
0: <laughs> you need to get Seth on community because I told him to watch it and he's like, started season one. Oh, but he hasn't so got to good. the good episodes yet. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna carry on with it because I'm on. I think oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I'm you, got, I you haven't got. you have not started hit... season two. What you, what you've watched so one.
0: far was like a Trojan horse that Dan Harmon took to the studio <laughs> so they would make it in the first place, and then it gets really weird at the end of that season. <laughs> right, season, am cool, cool, cool. I'm, I'm gonna be honest I mean, about that show.
2: I'd say season one to three are amazing, and then season four is a little bit of a letdown, and then season five is pretty what? rubbish. But I like season five. Season, I think it goes back. Do you think? Do you think it I feel like just the lack of Donald Glover just. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It it's just never it the just, same once he leaves. No, it's
0: but not. Season five and six were solid. Season four was terrible. Because they kicked kicked out Dan Harmon. So. Oh wait.
2: Yeah. I think. Yeah. That's it. Then. I don't. Th- I don't think I like season six. That was the Yahoo one where. Yeah. To be fair, I quite like the guy <laughs> from. Who's the guy from uh, Breaking Bad? Oh yeah yeah he, he was uh, in season six he was in yeah, season yeah. six so I quite liked him he, was, he was pretty that good. was
0: season five and then they had uh its his name Keith David? He's that guy, he's got a really strong voice in season six. Yeah. I really like him. Yeah, he's good. I hope he's brilliant. Is
1: the is the concept of a
2: darkest timeline um,
1: <laughs> in any community episodes Yes.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty brilliant. Honestly I'd say that episode is potentially my favourite. When they when they drop into all the, <laughs> when they drop into all the different timelines when they uh, go for go for bits, we it's... we've got a song about the darkest timeline. Do do you... I, it was it was written yeah, before
0: man. the the whole corona thing, and every day the lyrics become more and more <laughs> real. <laughs> I made it like to be batshit. This is the darkest timeline. Like this can't possibly happen. <laughs> and every day the, like, the lyrics become more it's and more so real. Happening. And scary. Oh and, wow. Yeah. What's what's, what's the, first that now, oh, yeah. the first lyric? It's like the first lyric it was everyone is dying, unemployment is rising. <laughs> Timely wow. shit. Timely shit. But but then later in the song it goes like cows are fucking flying, being hit by lightning. So we haven't got <laughs> to that
2: yet. Okay. But you know I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Wow. Cool. You did amazing in the quick fire round thank you and it's been a pleasure having you on today thanks for coming oh, thank on.
2: you for having me it's been really i think good. we're, we're
0: gonna see your name a lot from here on out you've got something really unique here man your sound is amazing so album one let's do future first so we need to we need to sort out the elephant in the room for this you're a little bit closely attached to this i mean are you comfortable talking on the album
1: you see, not too long ago I was at a studio called Metropolis Studios in London. I was an intern there for three months. And Future had block booked those studios for two months. And during that time I was a runner. So I was basically serving Future. Like I was getting all his <laughs> exotic American snacks and Fiji water and shit like that. And it was it, it was really interesting, man. Because, yeah, we man. could
0: say you had heavy contribution to this.
1: Yeah, if if this was the album, I don't I don't know if this was the album he recorded at Metropolis, but whatever he did, I mean, <laughs> that's what would it sound like without his his fruit bowls and Oreos and shit
0: that yeah that Doctor K prepared for him. Exactly. But, if you weren't mm. there, maybe this would have been a better album. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going down that road, okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. It's it's pretty fair low enough. anyway. I got to be
1: honest. It, yeah, <laughs> it it could it could be better. It could be a lot better. That is true. Um, yeah. <laughs> fair, fair point. You got. I can't really argue. I can't think of anything to counter that. But yeah, no, that was that was that was a bizarre experience though, man. Like, because this guy is at, what the top of industry pretty much like as far as the rap game goes he's Mm. he's up there love him or hate him and it's mad he's just imagine being at a level where you can get people just to like just go get your backwards for you and like you know stock up your mini fridge so every time you go in there it's just full of like some weird fanta and this is mad man I, i remember one time i had to go into some with... How, how
0: do you know what you have to get? Did, does he give you the rider? Yeah, like,
1: how yeah, yeah, it yeah, He's he's literally so so. Future has a rider. Um, yeah, his label passes it on to us, and then yeah. Um, yeah, the runners get a copy of that rider, and then we have to get everything um, <laughs> that's that's on that rider. So it is right. it's, it's mad. I, I remember Travis Scott came down once, and. It, it was it was bizarre if anyone's wondering um travis scott has five sugars in his coffee mad he he came down and that was his on on arrival um request coffee with five sugars <laughs> um but I, yeah it's it's crazy man yeah one time i had to go into some at least
0: he didn't have kano why what? Classic line, pussy and rum, that's a rider for revenue <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I clocked onto that pretty slowly. But yeah, nah. <laughs> nah. One time I was going just into some really specific corner shop. Just a really small corner shop. Like somewhere in London. I can't yeah. remember where in London it was, but it was it was it was somewhere in Central. And it was just because they were the only places that had enough Fiji water. For future to drink, that's insane. A- and some some random American sweets you couldn't get anywhere else, right? It's absolutely mental. I was having to go back on that bus just with a bag full of Fiji water. That and I was just I was just wondering, man. Like, is he going to drink all this? Yeah, exactly. To be fair, sometimes you got future crisps that he didn't like. Really? Yep. Which ones didn't he like? I'll I think it was. We got him some posh ones once. Um, we got him the Tyrell, yeah. Terrell's crisps. I, right. don't, I don't think he was a fan of those. Um, he, he he liked the Doritos. Cool. Let, let's move on to the album. But I think it's gone stagnant a bit, man. We're <laughs> <laughs> <You're> just talking <laughs> about future eating crisps. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, this album is called High Off Life. I think Future feels this is quite an impactful album for him in terms of his discography. It's got that runtime of seventy minutes, which uh, we we struggled Old. with that seventy minutes, didn't we? I mean, you you were saying to me that
1: you did it in uh, a couple of sittings. I tried to yeah. do it all in one, all in one go, and that's to be fair that that might have affected my enjoyment of this album, <laughs> but
0: yeah it's one of those I don't think it's made for you to sit and listen to the whole album. Yeah. It's a playlist no one, yeah 100%. definitely.
1: what are your opinions on future and your experience with his music
0: before coming into this album? I hadn't heard a lot from him to be honest, like surprisingly little i'd I'd not delved into his solo stuff much at all. I just knew him from features mainly, and we've heard a lot of features over the past few episodes, even of stuff we've listened to mm. um but I'll never forget his King's Dead one, <laughs> which just ruined a really nice Kendrick song. Did
1: you know what? Yeah, I, I watched a, I watched an interview, a genius interview the other day, and Future was talking about that because the interview asked him about that verse. Yeah. And he was saying that he did his verse normally and then he did all that high-pitched stuff at the end and then Kendrick heard it and Kendrick was like, now nah, put that at the start of his verse. <laughs> and Fuchsia was like, <laughs> What the fuck are you doing, man? I don't want that in my verse.
0: Yeah. But, but Kendrick really? was like, nah, that's
1: the best part, man. Keep it in. And then there we have it. Kings I don't heard.
0: understand it, man. Not the... <laughs> it, it is quite funny, though. Kendrick had such a hard verse on that. And to get to it, you have to listen to <laughs> the la-di-da-di-da.
1: I mean, I would rather listen to that than future just being normal future. It's, it's more interesting to listen to. Yeah, for me... Future is an artist that when I first heard him, I really, really didn't like him. I fucking hated his music. Right. Um and generally I've tended to not listen to it just because when I do hear it and it gets played a lot, um just in social settings and that. And I I've just never I've just never liked it. It's just one of those things where it's just not it's just not my thing. I don't really get much enjoyment yep. out of it. Um but I've been more open to him recently and so albums like DS2 for example it's got some good tracks in it and it, it's done a lot for the trap culture
0: and I definitely respect it as an album so the first track on here is called Trapped in the Sun I really like this one I think it's the best on both albums to be honest. It's just... Yeah, I really like the hook. I think it's a really solid song. Like, it's nothing new in terms of what we've heard before. Hmm. And thematically, it's a bit standard. Like, it's it's kind of like a lot of the songs, it's either really braggadocious or started from the bottom. This is a started from the bottom one. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't really venture much outside of those two tones I found. Yeah. I just felt like we talked a lot about like Braggadocious lyrics on here Mm. and how that's fine, but on an album you want to vary it up a bit. Exactly, exactly. And I didn't feel he did for any of this. No.
1: The thing is because the style of music that he helped pioneer has blown up so much there are so many rappers talking about the kind of shit that Future's talking about yep. and the, you know when you think about it the only reason Future's where he is right now is because he's Future if he yeah. was and that's the, that's the only reason he can rap about the stuff he's rapping about is because he is the one and only Future and that's mm. the difference between him and all these other rappers so nah. to speak and not much else <laughs> oh god oh, man
0: that's the thing I, was, I listened to NAB first and I went to this and I had so, so much respect for this album because I was like, uh, you know, it's future, he knows what he's doing, he yeah. like pioneered the sound. It, that really annoyed me about the Nav album. He was constantly going, people trying to steal my sound. Yeah, man. Like, what the fuck is your sound? Sa- your sound yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, th- your you sound don't is have a, a cheap sound.
1: knockoff, man. It's. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's not get it's too crazy. bummed out by it. It's like an Nav version of, Right like, now all the other track out there at the moment. Staying, like, staying on Future, shit.
0: I really like Track oh, in the yeah. Sun. I think it's a really nice opener to the album. Just a solid track overall. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm not going to lie, man, the first two tracks, they didn't fill me with confidence for the rest of the album. <laughs> I mean, I can see what you're saying about it being a fairly decent Future track, but it, it wasn't it wasn't doing much for me i've listened to it a few times and still i can see why people would like it but for me personally it's, it's not it's not doing much i can't find anything right. to enjoy about it
0: so after that we had high tech tech that was pretty repetitive it was fine uh because that's kind of what you expect from the future touch the sky was the third one i feel like that it felt like the same thing that we'd heard in the yeah, past man. two tracks it was,
2: it was- uh, complete,
0: it's completely forgettable.
1: I know you don't listen to Future like for the lyrics, but I've, I just wrote down like a, a few key lyrics from each from, John. from each track. On the on this on this song, there was one that said, "Buy Jimmy Choo sandals, cause I'm rich."
0: Nice, right? Uh, and then the fourth track. This is where it gets interesting because mm. it's it's Solitaire's featuring yeah. Travis Scott. You got your boy, Mike Dean, on production. So what do you think of this one? Because you, you're you very vocal about your love for Mike Dean.
1: I mean, you're right. I do love Mike Dean, and that's probably why the best thing about this track is the beat. But yeah, beyond that, I mean, the back and forth between Future and Travis is pretty good. The beat was cool. And I thought Future's verse where he's like, Riding Lamborghini made by Pussy Juicy. Gripping on the wheel, playing in her pussy. And then Travis comes in after that. I think that bit's got quite a fair bit of energy going on. Yeah. But overall, the song's a bit... It doesn't feel like anything special. It, It feels like one of Travis Scott's more forgettable features. I don't think Future's doing anything amazing here either. Just feels like another so-so trap
0: song, man. I'm yeah, I'm being I, rude I feel with that. It. I, I agree with you. The beat's pretty nice. I think. Yeah, no, it, it there's a lot of textures in there that uh, they they're kind of layered under the eight oh eight, so you don't pick up on it at first, but they are there. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it, it was all right. Futures. I like Travis Scott a lot more than Future. Let's put it. Yeah, 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 same. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd much preferred if this was a, just a Travis Scott song, to be honest, because mm. I don't think like Future's verses sounded just off to me. Yeah, he sounded a bit offbeat at times, man. Yeah, and it was, it was, it was not quite a King's Dead scenario. But again, oh, nothing, nothing can be that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I'd rather the track without him. Yep. I'm
1: going to gonna have to agree with you on there, man.
0: All right. So I want to talk about
1: Harlem Shake, which is my standout track on the whole album. Explained
0: standout. Well, it is,
1: it's It's the only one that's really stuck with me. I don't I don't want to say it's the best track on the album. But it kind of is, in a way. I don't want to say it's my favorite, but it is my favorite. So you know what? No, this is my favorite track on the album. Even though it's,
0: it's bad. Uh, it is bad. It's it's, it's terrible, man. It's it, They're just both horribly off-key.
1: Here's, here's the thing with this song, right? So you know when we, when we did Party Next Door? Yeah. Our main gripe with the album was that it wasn't good, and it wasn't painfully shit. It was just really average. Yeah, this is painfully shit, but it's <laughs> it's the only song on the album where, where where I feel where it's really stuck with me, and I, I've felt kind of a, an energy that's being captured. Right, even if it's shit, this this is the only one, and I think this is a lot of this is down to to thug. This is the only one where I feel an energy translating to me where there's any sort of personality, where this feels like this was a fun song to make. I mean, I listened to it. I agree with you. It's terrible. But when I heard it for the first time, I was just pissing my pants laughing, man. Comes in, he's horribly off key. So is Thug, but they don't give a fuck.
0: You know, it's bad when I'd still rather listen to that than Nav. I feel like this... It must be a troll song. Like, come on, it's Future and Thug. Like, you'd expect this to be the banger, right? It's not
1: supposed to be technically brilliant or assonant or whatever. Mm. Yeah. It's just it's just, it's just just fun, you know. He's, he's clever. He's creative in his own really zany way. Yeah. And that's what I think he's bringing to this track, Harlem Shake. Even though it is shit in every way, it's the only one with a little bit of personality isn't, is nowhere near as good as Sup, mate. That's a <laughs> banger. I love that song. Right. But he, he brings something. He brings a bit of flavor to this album. It's
0: got, it's got energy. You can tell that they were having fun making it, but it's still bad. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, one that I wanted to talk about is Riding Strikers. So, this is kind of your typical average future song for the most part, until right at the end is this complete switch yeah. up and it has this weird Police Intercept bit and the beats insane for this
2: like, it's it's pouring up drink huh up drink, huh like a tank huh? like it's
0: glow is just fun for, for the rest of it it could be a whole song man they could get it's just Zach Fox really on it It'd be amazing right? Bending guitars, and it's like just everything just
1: feels really off kilter and down tuned. And it's beautiful. He's just like,
0: and then he's just having fun with the lyrics. Yeah, like it's, it's pouring up a drink, rob me yeah, a bank. Yeah,
1: it's like, man, it's I, good th- shit.
0: This could have been the whole album, like, I would have loved that. Oh, yeah, like genuinely, this was probably the best bit on if the th- album. If this
1: is what Future's next album sounds like, it's I'm gonna love it, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think with a lot of his stuff, you kind of zone out, mm. and then you just you're just listening to it, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's future, and then you hear something like this, and you're like, "Holy shit!"
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and no, I, I, I like this one. Yeah,
0: I was very disappointed that this wasn't a full track. I thought we'd finished riding Strikers and we went to a new track, but <laughs> it's a bit annoying. It was just the mm. end of of that. Still,
1: it's still good. If this is the flavor of what's to come. Um, I'm, I'm very happy. You wanted to talk about Posted with Demons?
0: Posted with Demons is, is a good track. Again, it's pretty typical. It's just, it's got like the strings and this flute sample in there that's pretty nice. And I think the beat kind of makes that track. Yeah, this is um, is, yeah. So it's a very repetitive chorus, but that's future. Exactly. So one of the tracks that came out before this album. Was life is good with Drake? We we touched on it a bit last week, but um yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? It's like yeah, not a fan of this a one. Drake song and a Future song, and they just stuck them together. Not even Very like much. like mixed them together. Like you have a Drake song yeah. that ends, and then you have a Future song. It it doesn't
1: really make make sense like no. from a musical standpoint. This, honestly, this this song to me feels like, when when I've mentioned Future and Drake seeming to me more as pop stars recently, this is what I mean. Because to, when I listen to this, it feels like a, it's very lukewarm. It feels yeah. like a cash grab. It feels like a pop song. Yeah, and no, as far as that switch like... up goes, like it's it's nothing special. It's nothing epic. It's just a fairly cheap trap beat. Thrown onto another fairly cheap trap beat. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's
0: nothing out there, is it? If you like Drake, if, if you'll this, like yeah. his bit. If you like Future, you'll like his bit. The, the
1: thing is, if this was, I think that if this song was anyone other than
0: Future and Drake, it it wouldn't be as big as it is. Well, they've they've both got their own sound and styles, and they're very distinct. Uh, so it'd be weird if someone else was doing it. But it's just the fact that. It's like they're doing generic songs of themselves and stuck it together.
1: Especially the Drake bit. It just sounds like a tight beat that you would find on mm. YouTube. If I search such Drake-type beat, I would probably find something <laughs> like Life is...
0: I don't understand why they're stuck together like that. I feel like it'd be better off having these as two separate yeah, songs.
1: It's... I don't like this song, man. The last track that I want to talk about is All Bad with Lil Uzi. Fitting title. Yeah, because it's my least favorite on the album by miles this thing was i mean the beat how how was it it, describe the beat describe the beat
0: (laughs) it's just some weird creepy hentai shit (laughs) i I talked about Thundercat, like that was happy anime intro yeah this is like dark creepy side of the internet hentai (laughs) That's the only way I can put it.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. Uzi's verse is—it's bad. It's so bad. It's not. It's not. It's not the good kind of bad. Like Harlem shake. It's just. It's just the bad. It's just. It's so bad. It's bad. Yeah. Not so bad. It's good. It's just bad. It's just bad. It's just. It's all bad. Like this. Like, like the name of the song. It's just bad. Like, there's a lyric on here. That girl says she a vegan, but I swear. That girl still know how to eat meat. Oh my God. Sick wordplay from Lil Uzi over here. He's a a fucking amazing rapper. I mean, I've always wanted to like Uzi because when he first came about, I noticed his image. He was quite into the metal aesthetic and all that. And I thought, okay, cool. I wonder what his music's like. And I, I went in with a positive mindset, really wanting to like his shit, and mm. I did that with a of take as well. But it is it's so bad. It's so bad. I've never, I'm, I can't think of anything of his that you know is good. I can't think of a project that he's released that I would say is good. Whenever mm-hmm. I hear him on the features, it's bad.
0: Yeah, I've, I've not heard anything good. I've not listened to him a lot, to be fair. Yeah, 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 But anything I've heard, I'm just saying what I have has heard. Been yeah, bad and hasn't really piqued my interest. Definitely To check him out more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's let's wrap this up now because I'm oh, not, yeah, so yeah, enough of this. Um, got a nice. This album, album was was very mediocre. I think it's still better than Party Next Door because like you said the bads were were really bad there was a lot of mediocre and there was some good there were there were moments here and there scattered across the album but if you if you dig for them so i don't know i think 3 out of 10 3 out of 10 fair enough i think i actually like Drake's album better really because it was shorter, and for every couple of tracks, I liked more of them. For me, this this shit was, was bad.
1: This shit was really bad. I mean, 70 minutes. 70 yeah. minutes. Did not have to be that long. Why is it so long? But, yeah. <laughs> I maintain that he's one of the most influential artists of this generation of music. But I think that's peaked. I think mm. that... As of right now, as of this project, I've not listened to The Wizard and some of his other stuff in the last couple of years, but from what I've heard, like, he's doing nothing new with the sound or not asserting himself as the top dog. And there are artists that are doing his style way better. Young Thug is a great example of this because he's got his own style and yeah. his stuff has a very, very unique character. And his beats, for the most part, no, they're not anything special, but Mm. he is what makes his work convincing. His work's not completely devoid of all life, like Nav, which we're going to come on to. I'm feeling a two and a half out of ten, same as Drake.
0: So, I guess we have to do this now. We're going to talk about Nav Good intentions. Had you listened to Nav before?
1: Uh Not out of choice, but I'd heard him. I saw Turks, the video for that just came up in my on my YouTube. Mm. So I, I clicked on that out of curiosity. It wasn't anything that I'd not heard before.
0: So I, I thought I'd heard Nav before, but after listening to this album, I don't think I had mm. because I don't remember it being this terrible. It's really bad. His voice, his persona, f- fucking everything is atrocious. When you when you actually sit down to listen to it,
1: that's when you realise how bad it really is. I
0: feel like, yeah, if it's in the background, I don't notice it because it just sounds very generic. But then when you actually listen to it, you realise just how bad it is. Yeah. I mean, I've touched on Future's album
1: being quite lifeless. But that that seems like just a garden of life compared to this album. Because this album, Good Intentions, yeah. has absolutely no soul or charisma or personality
0: 100%. at all in anything. This feels like, I don't know, some try-hard SoundCloud album. And then when you go to that future album, it feels like polished, like just solid trap. Yeah. And this feels like, I don't know if it's his voice or something about his persona that just, there's nothing in it. He just sounds like, oh, I've got all these haters trying to copy my sound. What the fuck's he on (laughs) about? What's, what did he invent? The thing, the thing is, right, with Nav,
1: is future, you can fucking hate his work, but. He's done a lot for rap. Love him or hate yeah. him, you can't argue with that. What has mm. Nav ever brought to the table?
0: Nothing. It. This is. This is my shit. question. I thought. I don't, is, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. Terrible. Let's talk about Turk. I thought this was okay because it had Gunner and Travis Scott, and it meant I had to listen to Nav less. Yep.
1: Oh <laughs> um, yes, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad.
0: I mean, Turks, with Turks, the beat is beat's decent. I, I remember Kenny Kenny Beats played this on his stream because he got a lot of requests for it, and you could tell because he like has to work with some of these people. <laughs> he was trying to be so nice about it without <laughs> saying it's it's terrible. He was just like, yeah, it's it's, it's good. It's <laughs> it's not quite. I'm not quite feeling it. It's fine. It's good. And you could tell he was trying so hard yeah, not to yeah. say it's bad.
1: I mean, we're, we're fucking up our chances here, man. <laughs> no, no, I don't care. I mean, care. yeah. Fuck it. it's, it's terrible. It is, it's bad, man. It's not good. I think Travis as well, he sounds very uninspired on this. Yeah. I mean, he almost sounds like he doesn't want to be there. What do you think? So this
0: is a Weekend executive produced album. Yeah, I, I,
1: I think that that doesn't mean anything except Weekend gets a bit more money, pretty much. <laughs>
0: Right, so I think we should probably talk about the Future track, seeing as we just talked about his album I mean every track on here is painful Yep. and when I heard Future on here, it was pretty good because it wasn't Nav Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's still bad though Like, it's not a good
1: verse Yeah It's the only reason I think it, it could be perceived as good Obviously, if you're a fan of Future, you'll think different. But for me, anyway, the only reason I can see it is because it is in between navs. It's not, it's, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's, yeah. So that's all I can say about this album, really. is, I'm, I'm looking for more creative things to say.
0: W- was there a song on here that was better? Than the others. Um, mm, mm. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is our worst episode.
1: <laughs> I'm looking for positive things to say, but it, it's bad.
0: I don't have a single positive thing to say. Any verse feature on here seems good in comparison to now, but they're but all realistically bad. It's probably pretty phoned in, yeah
1: um you you know just just saying that there's a deluxe version of this album, yeah, with with an that that brings the total to an hour I and a half' didn't want to put myself through no, that. me neither, me neither, so there's there's a track on it called Brown boy,
0: it's quite possibly one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my yeah. life it's probably one of the worst songs on it. there's not many brown rappers right can like can you name one in the in the mainstream, sphere see in the in the
1: mainstream kind of navs world, I can't think of any. I I, I can think
0: of you got like Riz
1: Ahmed, yeah, in that. yeah. I was like... gonna say Riz Ahmed, M.I.A. and yeah,
0: you know... yeah. that's it really. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, there's there's very few, even in the underground, there's very few. Yeah, and it just fucking pisses me off that this is this is the guy, this is the face of. Brown rappers. Look, this song itself is very cringy. It's like
1: a really bad perspective rap from a fan. That's, I don't know what he was trying to achieve with it, but that's that's the idea. But I mean, yeah, like what you were saying with um all all, all the all the brown boy stuff, you know. I've I've watched a few of his interviews and he's mentioned a few times that he's faced a lot of racism throughout his career, which I can definitely understand. And so I get the argument that I think a lot of his fans would argue that he's doing it for the Indian and the Asian community, but that's, that's not really a good thing. In, I was reading this article on djbooth.net and the writer, Herschel Pandya, put it perfectly. Mm. He basically said that NAV representing the South Asian community is like Kazakhstan being represented by the Borat.
0: I don't know what to say about it, man. It's like... He he brings nothing from that culture. I understand why people like
1: would like a brown person in the spotlight as Nav is, but what's what's he really? What image is he? What positive image is he is he bringing? What's what's the message that he's that he's conveying? But I think that that is a reason why he's so popular. Because if he was black or white, he would not be anywhere near as popular as he is, and he would be written off as just another mediocre run-of-the-mill temporary trap rapper
0: yeah and um you you spoke about mia riz Ahmed they're both amazing examples Mm. of like taking inspiration from their culture and definitely uh, the influence that they get from that it's like it's insane it's like so unique in their sound Mm. because they draw from all of that and they're proud to represent that is the complete opposite Mad's like, he's none constantly of constantly talking about all over this album? He says people trying to steal my sound, my sound, my sound, my sound. He has no he fucking have, sound. No, like, fuck off. Yeah. That pissed me off. Like he, is, he he's the person stealing the sound.
1: His music's just so surface level and easy to digest. And he's added nothing to the to the to, to, to the hip-hop culture.
0: And, and I just I just gen, generally uh, don't like him. He he's so uncharismatic, and he sounds like a YouTube rapper. Yeah, yeah. That's the, like he's I Jake place Paulism him shit. on the same tier as Jake yeah.
1: Paul. Question to anyone who's saying that he's doing it for the culture: What is he doing for the culture? Like Nothing. like yes yes he's a brown rapper in the spotlight, and you have hardly any. Of those. I'd,
0: I'd rather but he wouldn't. Exactly.
1: What positive image is he associating with himself and the people that he says he's representing? I don't, I don't know Nav, right? But if he does genuinely want to challenge stereotypes and racism, it's not coming across to me as much as that he's a sellout, a sheep, and someone devoid of personality.
0: Kind of reminds me of, like, so within the Muslim community in the UK, right, on TV. yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't have a lot of TV shows that come on. Yeah. And then a couple years back we had one Mr. Khan. Mr. Khan. And it was all like right. uh, I've heard of that. You know Miss Brown's boys? Yeah, yeah, the shit Irish one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like that like it was just kind of really basic bog standard comedy. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes the piss out of Muslims basically like all the stereotypes and yeah, that. Yeah. And it it didn't do anything positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just reinforcing stereotypes and just really surface level comedy mm. but like Muslims loved it cuz they're like that's us on TV. Yeah, exactly. That's that's
1: perpetuating the problems with society, isn't it?
0: I feel like that's a large part of Nav's fan base. It's just we we don't have anyone yeah. in that world that we can see like oh we can do this too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Nav's doing that for brown people and it's detrimental. I think it's going to take, it takes one artist to do it well. Yeah. And then suddenly Nav's going to be seen as yeah. shit. Uh, in, relating it back to Mr. Khan, um, Man Like Mobin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Gus Khan. He's been smashing it. like That's a fucking amazing show of how not only to show Muslims in a good way and a truthful way, yeah, yeah. but also like question political and social norms. And it's, 100%, yeah. Go check out that TV show. It's incredible. He he's popular because he's there
1: because he's in love, and yeah, I agree. He's very temporary. He's he's gonna everyone's gonna realize how shitty he is when someone outshines him. I think when someone's bringing substance. Yeah. So. And the beats, some of the beats on here, they're not special, but they're not terrible. Like you could give them to Thug or Future or whatever, yeah. and it would pro- they'd probably make it work. So you should probably just stick to that mm. because
0: it's it's like. When you think of mumble rap, these are a lot of the names that you think are commonly like put down because they're mumble rap, but it only takes one person (laughs) and Nav in this case to show you how badly it can be done for you to realise the great features of all this. I don't think I would have appreciated that, like that future album wasn't great, but I really respected it after listening to this because (laughs) you see, like. That is like the future album was a well-made I could listen to it. It was pretty good generally. This I couldn't bear listening to and I never want to again.
1: It's surface level rap, follows the formula of a popular record in today's day and age. It's easy to digest and he's stayed popular just because he's popular.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna give my score zero. Zero out of ten. Zero Fair enough. <laughs>
1: Have you given um, okay. it higher? Uh, I'll, I'll get it a one and a half, but...
0: One and a half. So what made this a one and a half and not a zero? Well,
1: the the one and a half points... Actually, that, that does seem quite generous now that I think of it as a percentage. Because that's 15%. You... That means 15% of this album was good. You gave Future a two, didn't you? Yeah. See, see, in my head, I had. So, are, are these pretty, the pretty, pretty much right. level for you? These albums. See, I listened to this one first, and then I listened to Future. Yeah. And about halfway through Future, that on top of Nav had just just had me done with this sound. Okay. But now, yeah, now now that I'm thinking about it, I've basically said 15 percent of this album's good. Right. I'm trying. I've just been trying to think of the positives. The the Turks beat has a decent intro.
0: This is really stretching though.
1: Um, this is really I'm, really stretching. I'm trying. I'm trying. I mean, we've not even touched on Saint Laurent, which is like just the most awful cooning shit I've ever heard in my life. So you know what? You know what? See, I, I was about to bump it down to a one, but now now I'm thinking: is is it even is it even worth the one? I don't I don't wanna give it a zero because cause, cause the, the beats the beats aren't unlistenable, they're not good. I'm gonna give this a zero and a half. Zero and a half. The half is for making an album. Well done. I, I, I can't think of what the half's for. There was an attempt. I just it it was an attempt. It's on Spotify. He made music. That just makes it worse. It's, uh, what's the, what's the album cover like? Um, <laughs> you
0: can't. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about the first lyrics? Do you think that gets it? The,
1: Oh, <laughs> I've got bad habits, but I still got good intentions. Yeah. Well, you know, his last album was called Bad Habits. Yeah, so... So, so you know, he's levels to that, comparing a, the album titles. So you deep, know saying, oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> I don't think, uh, you know, you need a certain IQ to comprehend that.
1: I mean, if you look at the album cover, the, the Good Intentions, obviously it's red, and red's my favourite colour. And if you look at the T's the in Intentions, they've kind of got these little horns on them. Which is kind of like maybe suggesting that he's got good intentions, but the bad habits are still represented by those horns, which are like showing that that he's still got the devil like in him.
0: And it's kind of s- subverting it, isn't it? Because he's done the bad habits green, which is typically
1: exact, exact. It's a juxtaposition, isn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's really. So, so he's. He's challenging the norms here, isn't he's, he? Because he's, he's got bad habits. The traffic light. Oh, man. He's got bad habits in the positive color. And he's got good intentions in the negative color. Oh, man. Look, look, look as well. You see the bad habits cover? Nav is at the top. Mm. His name is at the top of the album artwork. Yeah. With this one, it's at the bottom of the album artwork.
0: Yeah. And and if you if you've noticed in the Bad Habits artwork, he's kind of framed in a square. And in this one he's not. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. I mean
1: Yeah, do, do you know what? we panned this album, but now we're I, I don't I think now, it's just above you, us, man.
0: I think it's like with West Side Gun, you need to look at this as a piece of artwork. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And right yeah, now, true. we don't fully comprehend, you know, what yeah. we're witnessing. We're not that's really the, in that zone. This is like of it. Yeah, I think give it, in... fifty yeah, years yeah. past his death, he will be held as one of the great innovators of our time. And you know, exactly. you may think I'm being sarcastic here, but just wait and see.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, man. I think this is just above our. Uh... <laughs> Above our IQs, man. This is just too too intellectual. This is just another level of art.
0: Yeah. 100%. This is, oh, man.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? 10 out of 10. 10
0: out of 10? Yep. It's a bit, little bit low, don't you think?
1: It's my first my first 10 of the podcast.
0: I think um, you're going to go for a 12. I, mean,
1: I, I still don't think that does it
0: justice, really. But, but yeah. In terms of our you can't, scale. You, can't, you
1: can't really frame this in numbers, can yeah. you? No,
0: Goes beyond that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Zero out of ten.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 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 giving it a half for the, the the Turks intro, I guess. The fact that the beats aren't unlistenable. Cool. It has chords.
0: Thank you for listening today. I don't know what this is going to turn out like because this is our worst episode, 100%. Oh, yeah, by far. Fucking hell. Next week, we've got Tom Mish and the Sparks, which is interesting. Just, we wanted some like weird, jazzy, smooth shit. And hopefully, next week, we'll have above a five out of ten would be nice
2: yeah (laughs) I don't think
0: Tom Mish is going to go lower so we should should have a nice episode next week I'm going to go have a shower and forget I ever heard Nav so (laughs) good idea Yeah, (laughs) cool thanks for listening bye